honestly, you've just got to practice. You've just got to do it. You've got to turn the camera on and talk to it. You've got to watch the footage back and cringe at yourself and note little quirks you do that you just hate that you're going to make sure you're aware of next time and fix. <laughs> Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Charlie. And I am Femke. Today we're going to be talking about video. And I'm actually kind of surprised it took us this long to get to an episode that uh, was focused on video. Considering, Charlie, you are so prevalent on YouTube now and do a lot of work on video stuff and your side projects. People who have been listening to the show for the last few weeks probably have heard that I've been thinking about getting into video a little bit. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity to chat with you mostly about video and how you decided to do video and what that sort of meant for you and your audience growth in the hopes that uh, it will help me maybe get a little bit more direction about video. And I'm sure that there's probably at least one person listening to this who also is maybe considering making the jump to video as a new content medium. And so we've got a couple of tweets too with some questions that people have about video. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from you, Charlie, some of your tips and tricks as a video expert. Do you know what? I, I'm just going to be totally honest here in that I felt weird about making an episode about video. Why? And I think it's because I am fighting against being known as a YouTuber versus a designer who happens to make videos, mm -hmm. you know? Um, coming up this week, I am speaking at my first event, like, as a designer. They found me because of YouTube, but, like, I'm talking about design on, on a panel at an event. It's about the future of web design, and it's hosted by Webflow, which is, like, a website building tool mm -hmm. here in London. And that feels like a good, like, right step in the right direction for me because I was, I am worried about being pigeonholed into YouTube and I'm always, you know, getting asked to, oh, you should make a, like a course about starting a, a YouTube channel and like how to build an audience on YouTube. And I'm like, no, because I don't want that to be the thing that people think of when they think of me. Like, I don't want that to be the one thing that I do. And so I think that's why I've been wary of doing an episode about video. But you talked to me about this topic yesterday and I realized that actually, you know what, thanks to YouTube, I have this amazing job that I have now. I've gotten freelance clients, I've gotten these opportunities and I'm able to build an audience to sell products or, you know, whatever it is I want to do. And it is because of video. So it's kind of unfair of me to keep knowledge that I have to myself. And so I'm, I'm glad that you asked to talk about it and I'm glad that we're doing this. And yes, I just wanted to be honest and confess that that's why we haven't done it yet is because I've... I don't know, I've been feeling uneasy about it. Yeah. But I'm excited now. Oh, cool. Oh, that's good. Because I don't want to pressure you into talking about a topic that you're not comfortable talking about. No, but no. I think you have not. so much value to offer in this area because you've been doing YouTube. Is it almost four years now? I feel like we've been saying three years mm. for a while. So you must it, be coming up. It's about three and a half. It'll be coming up to four years in October this year. Okay, yeah. Which is, yeah, Crazy. a long time. So, if, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know if this is your first listen to our podcast, because I sometimes forget that that is a thing that could be happening, you know. I do always feel like all of our listeners have been with us from the start. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, uh, I started YouTube nearly four years ago-ish, three and a half years ago, we'll say, and... I, over the years, have made content about different things, but right now I've niched in and I talk about design. And that's been going on for the past, like, six months. And my audience growth has really taken off since making that decision to focus. 
and I enjoy it. I enjoy talking about design thinking and giving tutorials and advice to designers who are trying to, I don't know, improve their skills, I guess, embark on a career. So that's what I do, just as a bit of background. Yeah, let's, I mean, unless you have something that you want to share with everyone, I, I'm keen to skip the weekly catch up and just go straight in, if that's cool let's with do you. It. Yeah, we're already on a roll. Cool, cool. So I guess what originally made you decide to do video? Because I don't know, I feel like from what I see, I mean, I'm not totally immersed in the quote unquote YouTube world, but from what I see, it looks like a lot of people start making videos for, I don't want to say the word attention, but maybe they want to be known for something or they've got like this desire to be part of that world was that kind of for you like were you consuming these these channels on YouTube and feeling like you wanted to be a part of that or was there a more personal motivation towards wanting to start creating video content um I think you lumped like a bunch of different reasons into one there yeah sorry (laughs) I will say that I did start it because I wanted to be a part of that world but it wasn't for attention Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just want to make that distinction really clear. Yeah, no, that's good. Because I think if you're starting for attention, you're going to be real disappointed really fast because not everyone's going to find your channel straight away and they might never do if you, you know, don't put the effort in. And, you know, it takes years to, to build an audience sometimes when it comes to video, you know, to try and connect with the right audience, to try and find them. So attention, not a good reason to start. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I wanted to be a part of that YouTube community. It seemed really fun place to be like I don't know blogging which I was attempting to do um for you know on and off for many years and it never stuck with me and I think that's because I didn't feel that there was this community to it I suppose there is one on Twitter but with YouTube it felt like it was much more interconnected and you're actually meeting people through your content directly and I don't know it was it just seemed like a really awesome supportive place and so I thought I'd give it a try and I don't know I don't know why now that I think back on it like there's there's no reason I should have started a YouTube channel but yeah my sister was doing one which definitely helped um put the idea in my head because then I started watching a lot of YouTube and realizing that there's this whole world out there of people making videos about all different topics and that there was many more channels than just the giant ones that you see you know people talking about their income in in the news mm-hmm. <laughs> every now and then um and and then after I started, I realized that, okay, I, I'm quite enjoying this. This can be my thing that I like build up and it can be my way to, to build an audience because uh, it's not worked through blogging or through just being on Twitter or anything in the past. So let's try this. What I want to know what your motivation is for making videos because you, you've been talking about wanting to start them. Is it because you feel like you have to? Because it, it does feel like video these days is something everyone is doing. Is there a bit of that for you or is there something else as well? I don't know. Share share what you're up to. I do feel like there is pressure to mm-hmm. move into video content. I wouldn't say that's the sole reason or driver as to why I want to get into it. I just started realizing that the, the people who I consume content from, I really always appreciate and enjoy when they have a video to share. And I think it's just such an incredibly personal way to connect with someone. Reading what someone's written, like a blog or something, I mean, you kind of get a feel for who the person is, their tone of voice, et cetera, and you kind of feel like you know them, but you don't 
really like there's still that sort of barrier because you don't exactly know what they look like and their sort of persona and demeanor and their body language and things like that and so there's always kind of that wall there which some people are fine with there being that that wall and that disconnect but for me I feel like there's so much potential if I were to go into video I can really connect on a deeper level with people and sort of show who I am and my friendly bubbly self etc and I'm kind of hoping or anticipating that if I were to go into video it would not only help me grow my audience but also help with uh, how do you kind of describe that I guess the sort of customer lifetime value sorry I come from a tech world so I know like the (laughs) the tech terms for it Uh, so in terms of what I mean by that is if I were to do video I think people would stick around longer I feel like it would be more engaging and people would feel like they have more of a personal relationship with me and therefore stick around a bit longer. Like I always appreciate it when I sign up or subscribe to something or whatever and there's like a personal welcome video. They're like, hey, like thanks so much for subscribing. This is me. It's so awesome you're here as opposed to an email or something that's just a written welcome email already the person who sent me the video compared to someone who just sent me an email, I feel like I'm far more likely to be invested in the long term in terms of following the person who sent that friendly email, uh, sorry, sent the friendly video, because now I feel like I have more of a personal connection with them. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And yeah, I agree that on video, you hear someone talking and you like, you see the words coming out of their mouth rather than just reading it on a page. Mm. And it, it does feel much more connected yeah I feel like it helps build trust a little bit more yeah definitely and that's so important yeah yeah I feel like that's really valuable in the long term and something obviously that takes time to build you know you can't Mm -hmm. just put out one video ever and I think expect to have everyone's trust forever but I feel like it is more of a fast track I suppose to gaining trust with people and connecting with people as opposed to only focusing on on writing for example yeah so that's definitely a benefit that I've found through doing video is that people who follow me online who are, you know, part of my audience or whatever you want to call it, they do feel like they know me. And recently I've been to a few, you know, YouTube events. I even ran into someone in the street the other day, which was very exciting. That's only happened once. That's so cool. Yeah, it was very exciting. And when I meet these people who watch my videos, it's like they know so much about me, but I don't know them, you know? And so it's good to then have a conversation and be able to yeah get to know who's watching my videos as well but they do feel that connection you know enough to come up and talk to me on the street whereas um perhaps if they hadn't heard me talking before or you know if they didn't see my face on video they wouldn't have known to come up to me I guess if it was if I was just writing yeah exactly be less chance of that yeah so yeah it definitely helps build that connection video for me Uh, So like I said, I started it because I wanted to be part of the community and to build an audience. I've definitely done both of those things. But I think that video has really helped my career as well. Being able to talk about design on camera is, and I know for a fact that my my current employer and my past, the job before this one, both of them had seen my YouTube videos before offering me the job right? So Mm -hmm. they had seen me on camera talking about design and seen me, we've talked before about how when you create content on a topic, it's establishing yourself as an expert in that field or on that topic. And so 
yeah, they'd see me talk confidently about it. And I think that put trust in them hiring me as well. And so I think the same could be said of clients. I've had several freelance clients last year who came, I don't know if they'd seen my videos, but they came through connections in that YouTube world, right? right? So it's been, yeah, a good way to establish some sort of authority on on design through video, which is a benefit that I really didn't expect going into it, to be honest. And that's why, like I was saying at the side, you know, felt wary talking about video because it's not about design. But for me, it's so interconnected with my design career that I almost can't not talk about it. That was a double net. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to ask you what some of the benefits are that you've experienced being on YouTube the platform as opposed mm. to just creating videos and you know hosting them somewhere else I mean it sounds like you have really I want to use the word blossomed like blossomed Aww. into the the YouTube community you know and and I I know that for a fact you've made a lot of friends through it you've been to conferences through it and that's all come from YouTube the platform as opposed to like, it, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that you would be experiencing the same benefits from it if you just made videos and hosted them yourself? Because for me at the moment, thinking about going into video, that's something that I'm thinking about. Like, where do I want to you know, publish them? Do I want to be a part of the whole YouTube community world? Like, do I want to be a YouTuber or do I just want to focus on creating videos and, you know, host them somewhere else and have that be my main focus as opposed to focusing on the, the YouTube community? So I know I want to hear from you what, what the benefit of that has been and if you think that's worth it. Honestly, there is no way I'd have the audience that I have now if I wasn't putting videos on YouTube because YouTube is where people go to search for videos. Yeah. So if you don't put your videos on YouTube, I don't think you're using the audience building uh, or going to get the audience building benefits as much. Obviously, if people stumble across your site or on your email list or whatever, they're going to be more likely to stick around. Like you said, that um, the churn, if we're going to talk in tech, <laughs> of people joining your audience, I think will be less because of video. But I don't think that it will help add people unless you're... Um, coming up in searches that they're doing when they're specifically looking for a video, right? And, yeah. and that sort of thing. I guess it's about I discoverability, think, what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's how, like, my early growth on YouTube mostly came from search. I haven't actually looked recently, to be honest. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty, like, I could make a guess that would be very similar, that it's people searching certain topics, a video of mine comes up, and then they decide to stick around. And, yeah, you'd be missing out on that, I think, if you hosted yourself. But... That said, it depends on what your goals are with, with making videos. If it is just to add a little something extra to your blog posts, then perhaps you could host somewhere else. But I'm, I'm curious to know why you would want to host somewhere else versus hosting them on YouTube. Well, from the outside, it looks like being in order to be successful on YouTube, you have to be a sort of active member of the YouTube community, so to speak. And right. I'm just trying to be reasonable and cautious in my mind about the amount of effort and commitment that that takes. And I'm also just thinking about whether I'm in a position to take on that new commitment because I don't like doing something like halfway, you know, if I really mm. want to do something, then I go full in and really commit. And so I'm just, I guess, cautious or wary that if I were to commit to doing a YouTube channel, that 
you know, I would want to be able to go all in and really focus on it. And I just don't know if, I guess it scares me. Like, I don't know if that's something that I'm interested in doing. I wonder if maybe I have more passion for the focus of creating the video content and not as much as being a part of that online community. I think that perhaps you're looking at my like my way of doing YouTube because I do like I actively wanted to be a part of that community so I purposefully did that and I'm not gonna lie that's helped my growth you know being friends with other people and then they recommend your channel that's that's always gonna help but you can be on YouTube without doing that if you want to you know you can just use it as a hosting platform but if you put your tags in correctly write your description correctly so it's you know with SEO in mind you're going to be able to host your video and get people through searches and things like that as well. So I think, yeah, it, it can it can be what you want it to be. And yes, if you want to be, grow your audience on YouTube, being part of the community helps. But if that's not something you're interested in, you don't have to do it. You can still be on YouTube. We will still have you. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm still accepted. <laughs> uh, but I like what you said earlier about goals and it's something that I hadn't really thought about, but I think maybe I need to take a step back and do that because do I want to use video to gain new audience or do I want to use video to connect with my existing audience? And, or both. Or, or both, exactly. And I think depending on what that answer is could have an influence on how I execute it really and the strategy that I use because like you said, if I just want to inject small videos into my existing blog posts then maybe it's okay that it only lives on my blog or in my newsletters but if I want to use video as a way to attract new audience members and sort of reel them in then being on a platform like YouTube that obviously has a lot of discoverability features and search and things like that I mean that's more aligned with that goal so I think I need to have a real think about my strategy maybe and how I want to use video and what what for yeah, I think you do, and I think you should report back to us on what you decide on that. I personally think it would be a missed opportunity for you to not upload videos you make to YouTube. But with that said, I respect whatever decision you come to, <laughs> and I'm sure you will explain your reasoning. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I, I want to. I just feel maybe I'm putting the pressure on myself. I feel like if I'm going to publish on YouTube, I have to commit to being part of the community. But... That's just what I've assumed, but it sounds like what you're saying is I don't have to if I don't want to. Are you giving me permission I mean, to not to? <laughs> there's so many different like parts of YouTube and communities on YouTube, mm. and I think that you're going to want to talk to other designers on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you know, being the nature of, of who you are and that you like to connect with like-minded people, as most people do, and I think you're going to enjoy that part, mm -hmm. and you're going to enjoy the support that comes with it too, so... You don't have to be friends with PewDiePie or anything like that. <laughs> no, yeah. But I'll be friends with but, you. Yes, and a bunch of other great designers on YouTube, I'm sure, will flock flock to you as well and invite you into our fold. Thank you. Well, it sounds like, I mean, obviously, since creating videos, you've experienced an audi audience growth, which I assume has overflowed into other places like your Twitter, you've probably gained quite a following, your blog and your newsletter, etc. You know, that kind of all overflows. Uh, and I guess you were sort of touching on it before that you've experienced other benefits other than just audience growth, like freelancing projects and your job and things like that. And 
like, did you expect that when you started making videos or was that just something that kind of naturally happened to you? Definitely would never have expected that YouTube would help me get a better design job right. <laughs> that was not at all uh, entering my consciousness. And I think that if it's your goal with YouTube to help you get a better job, you might struggle with making videos. You know, it it, it is something that comes as a byproduct rather than on purpose. But what can be on purpose is making videos on, on your specialization, on your topic, you know, to... Um, show your expertise in it and to talk through it. Basically think of it like no one has a problem with writing a blog post, right? Like everyone thinks, obviously, yeah, if you want to, you know, show you're an expert on something or tell someone something, you're going to write a blog post. Videos are just spoken blog posts pretty much, Mm -hmm. you know. It's just saying those words out loud to a camera instead of writing them down on Medium or whatever. And so, yeah, think of it in that way. It's a way to share your thoughts, I suppose. But those benefits do come when you, uh, like, not just through video, but through whatever way you establish your expertise on something. But for me, it's been through video. And I can't say that I tried with other mediums before this, so I can't compare. But, yeah, it's been really surprising and really great. And, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that I made the choice to do it because I don't know what my life would be like now if, if I didn't, to be honest. I don't know if we'd have this podcast because <laughs> committing to a YouTube channel is what really got me into being consistent with side projects as well. Before that, I dabbled with my online store and I dabbled with blogs every now and then. But, yeah, YouTube is the first thing that I committed to. I upload a video one week and I've not stopped every week since. I'm clapping for you because I think oh, that's such you. an achievement. <laughs> I remember in a in a past episode, I remember you slipped up and said every day, and it was hilarious. Yes. Hilarious, <laughs> maybe <yeah>. one day. <laughs> so, I mean, what what advice do you have? Because I'm going to assume that when you started, you probably weren't as confident as you are now. Maybe you were nervous about being <laughs> nope. in front of the camera, etc. I mean, you've you've obviously must have learnt a lot in the last three and a half years. So. For someone who's listening that's thinking of starting video like like me, what is your number one piece of advice? You know, we actually had a question from someone where they said, how do you get over the sound of your own voice? (laughs) Not you, but, you know, just in general you. (laughs) I was like, yep, that's a great question because that is hard to get used to at first. Um, Honestly, you've just got to practice. You've just got to do it. You've got to turn the camera on and talk to it. You've got to watch the footage back and cringe at yourself. And note little quirks you do that you just hate that you're going to make sure you're aware of next time mm-hmm. and fix. <laughs> there's there's no other way around it, really. It is just practice talking to the camera and practice getting confident. It's really helped me in talking to the camera. I've gotten more comfortable talking IRL as well and on this podcast, mm-hmm. too, I guess. it's It's helped me speak better and you know, think about what I'm going to say before it comes out of my mouth sort of thing and get used to talking about design and talking about it to people and explaining things, I suppose. All this has been really good practice for what, you know, hopefully will be more speaking opportunities in the future. And I've already done a couple that I definitely couldn't have done if I hadn't had a YouTube channel, not just because I wouldn't have been invited, but because I wouldn't have been confident enough to go on stage and present if I wasn't used to presenting on camera because you know they say for um, getting over fear of public speaking you should pretend everyone in the audience is naked (laughs) well I pretend that I'm talking to a camera 
when I'm up there public speaking because that's not scary for me anymore. I'm very used to that. And so instead, I, yeah, when I get up there and see all those faces and I'm like, oh, I'm like, nope, just pretend it's just you and the camera and you can present to that and all these people can watch later. But they just so happen to be watching in real life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you, it sounds like you talking to the camera is kind of like your little comfort zone. Was it your yeah. comfort zone when you started though? Nope. Right. So <laughs> I felt very awkward. Yeah. I took a long time to, you know, say what I was going to say and get my thoughts out and say them correctly. There was a lot more editing had to be done in the early videos for sure. But it's just practice. There's nothing else than that. You've got to turn on the camera and start talking. You've got to put up with those awkward moments and the cringing and the hating the sound of your own voice and oh why don't I do that with my hand you I think it's given me a lot of self-confidence as well to get used to seeing myself so much right Mm -hmm. like yeah even just when I started I would always put on makeup before I went on camera because I knew it was going to live on the internet like potentially forever and so I didn't want people to see me at anything other than my best but now I vlog when I've literally just woken up and look (laughs) like crap and don't really care about it so it's been a, a journey in building self-confidence as well, mm. doing YouTube for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I think people enjoy that vulnerability, right? Like for you to just talk in front of the camera when you've got no makeup on or you've just woken up or whatever. I mean, because I mean, I've been watching your videos since day one because I remember you started doing it while we were living together. And yeah. like just seeing your progress or your your transition, I guess, how you've gone through it over the years, I mean, has changed a lot. But uh, it's awesome to see you become more confident and feel more natural in front of the camera and things like that, which, like, as you've said, I think that's helped you gain skills that you can use in other disciplines and other areas of your life, not just video, you know? Definitely. I think video is becoming, like I asked at the start, if you're feeling that pressure, it is becoming a very common thing these days, like almost to a point, not quite yet, but almost just as common as having a blog, Mm -hmm. you know? Like if you're going to be a prolific designer online, you're going to have a blog. Soon, I think it'll be that you're also going to be making videos, whether that be on YouTube or just or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you've, you have had some practice making video because I remember you used to do Snapchat stories. I don't know if you do that still because I don't use Snapchat. But OK, here, yeah, here's you, a com- you've had experience talking on camera. Yeah. Here's a confession. I had a YouTube channel back in 2011. That's right. I forgot about that. Also, Everyone go search for it. No, I, I don't know if it's online anymore, but I... I wish it was. I had a YouTube channel back in 2011. So this is, I guess, pre-YouTube boom. Like vlogging wasn't really a thing yeah, back then. Yeah, I think then. YouTube itself started in 20... 2007 or something like that yeah so, so this is still quote unquote early days I guess yeah and it was called Fems College Life and I did videos about going to university and what that was like and it was very very sarcastic at the time I was watching a lot of what's her name Grace Halberg Yep. I was watching a lot of her videos, which if you've watched, you know that they're very silly and sarcastic. And so I sort of took on that format, I suppose. So it was very, very silly. I don't think it lasted that long, maybe six months or so. But That's uh, still pretty impressive commitment. Yeah. That's a little little secret hidden gem that could be lying somewhere on the internet, but hopefully it's not anymore. <laughs> I've seen one of these videos and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I loved it a lot. <laughs> But I definitely did not, like, I was doing it for fun back then. It was nothing yeah. about growing an audience or connecting with people. It was just... Did you feel scared turning on the camera then? 
No, and I just did it on my laptop. I just used uh, what's the the camera photo app? booth. Photo booth. Yep, I would just yep. turn that on and just make silly videos and upload them, like home video style. Thing. I think you have to take the pressure off, and that's how you can get comfortable. Um, I have really like, I mean, not just now, but uh, maybe a couple of years ago with YouTube. I think once I hit maybe over ten thousand subscribers. I was like, I don't have to worry anymore. This thing is just going to grow on its own so I can just relax and enjoy it, and you know? Is that true? And, <laughs> and I don't have to worry about it so much. I think it's true that, you know, you, you reach a point where it starts to snowball and, like, you've got all this content out there so people are always going to be finding you in search. And I didn't feel worried about growing anymore because when I started, I felt like YouTube is so public, you know, putting yourself out on camera feels much more public than putting yourself out in a blog post, to me anyway. And so one of my fears when I started, I was like, what if I start and no one subscribes and no one watches and then I like want to quit and feel embarrassed that I even tried? I was afraid of being embarrassed online, basically. And I think that I use that as uh, fuel to make sure I put out really great videos, well, as great as I could. Looking back now, they're terrible i nearly swore (laughs) but they were at the time they were my best you know i was putting all that effort and care into them and i committed fully you know uploading every single week because i wanted to make it a success i think because like i said in the past i dabbled with side projects and never really committed properly and i was like it's time to commit to something we're gonna make this work no matter what it's gonna be a thing and yeah, once I, I realized after like a year and a half or so of, of making videos, I was, I was like, okay, this is the thing. Like we're in a habit now. This is happening. I'm making videos weekly and it's not easy, but it's part of the routine and it's a thing that's happening. We're getting good things from it. You know, I got invited to be a, speak on a panel at VidCon, which is a YouTube convention fairly early on, I suppose, in my journey. And, you know, I was meeting friends, meeting new people, building an audience And then I felt like, not that I'd already achieved success, but that I didn't have to worry about that anymore as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, yeah, the pressure can really get to you if you let it. And so that would be a big piece of advice I give you is to try and not have too many expectations. I think go in to make the best videos that you can and the audience will follow. It sounds like you need a little bit of an element of believing in yourself yep. and just doing it. And like you yep. said, having low expectations. And I think having it's important to have that intrinsic motivator, like why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you want to be popular? Are you doing this because you have an interest in making videos? Are you doing this because you want to gain uh, your skills, like be more confident and things like that? And it sounds like you encourage me to have like know my motivator and know why I want to do it and just go forth with that in mind as opposed to worrying about being part of the community and making sure that my videos are super high quality and freaking out about all those sort of small things when I should just focus on why am I doing this and do that the best that I can yep make the best videos that you can as often as you can I think that's the key to success on YouTube really People will tell you it's like, you've got to upload daily. You've got to have videos over 10 minutes long. You've got to use this keyword or whatever. Oh my gosh, 10 minutes long? I I don't think I've ever watched a YouTube video that long. (laughs) 
yeah, it's things to do with the algorithm these days. I don't know. This is what I mean. There's all these different hacks and, you know, things you're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, oh, I hate that cliche. I say it so much. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you make content that you're proud of because that's what will encourage you to keep making more. Mm-hmm. And that consistency when you, you know, when you find something that you love doing and you can stick to it will help build an audience. Um, I, I've always been content to be a smaller YouTuber, you know, I've, I've not gone out there to get the biggest audience or whatever. Not that I could achieve that anyway, but you know, that's never been the goal because if that was my goal, I'd be making totally different content. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, so have that in mind and yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself, please. Okay. Thank you. I, I feel like I need to go away and just think a little bit about what I want from it from video and what my goals are and like I need to have that motivator right for showing up each week and or, or each month however often I decide to yeah, be consistent and like, <laughs> no I'm not committing <laughs> back out uh but uh yeah I need to figure all of that out I think a little bit and also maybe just I don't know did you practice before committing or did you put your first video online like did you my first video was online I recently privated it because I was embarrassed. Oh my god! Because it, no, it's no, it's called "Welcome to Charlie Marie TV," and so it seems like a video that people would watch when they first find my channel. And I didn't feel like it was a good representation, okay, of my channel, and so that's why I privated it. I'll let you off that one, but oh, good. I now I really want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably saw it back in the day, probably. Cool. Okay. Well, I feel like I have received a lot of advice and I've got a lot to think about and I'm sure that those listening also now have things to think about. So thank you so much for coming on the show. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) No, no, it's been really good. Like this is a topic that we, I guess, sort of purposefully haven't really talked about, but with me wanting to go into video, I just was really interested to hear about your experience and your yeah. motivation for getting into video because I think that will help a lot of people who are potentially thinking about getting into video as well. Yeah and I'm I'm glad to have talked about it because I don't know I always worried like back when I first started YouTube that there's and even now you get people saying this like oh are you doing it for the fame because they what they see of YouTubers right. is you know the ones with millions of subscribers and millions of dollars who are buying houses or whatever and you know, in the traditional press, I suppose. That's what a lot of people see of YouTube. But there is this whole other side of it where it's just like, I mean, no one starts a blog and people ask, oh, are you trying to become really famous, right? <laughs> True. So why is why is that the case with YouTube? I don't know. But I guess I let that perception of it get to me sometimes. And that because that's not the case for me, obviously, as anyone listening to this will know. But yeah, it was good to good to talk about and be able to share that other side of the benefits YouTube can bring. Cool. I think that's a wrap for this week. Anything else you want to share? Well, can I just share on a personal note that I had a driving lesson yesterday. (gasps) Nothing to do with video at all. (laughs) How did it go? Well, yeah, this is the thing is that I'm 28 years old and don't have a driver's license because I've always lived in cities and never had to learn to drive. Right. But yeah, I want to be able to road trip around New Zealand. And so that means getting a license. So I had a lesson, went well, didn't crash, didn't kill anyone. So that's good. But just thought I'd note that because that's like a, I guess, a side project that I'm working on now because there's lots of, like, there's a theory test to study for, etc. It's, yep, whole new project for me. Wow. Go you, though. That's, I mean, that's brave. It's scary learning <laughs> to drive. I, and I assume it's probably 
more scary learning when you're 28 than when you're 18. Because when you're 18, yeah, I would think so. you're like, yeah, this is so awesome. I'm going to like gain so much independence. And you're, like, you're really excited <laughs> about it. And when you're 28, I assume you're probably like, holy crap, what am I doing? This is so scary. <laughs> yep, pretty much. You get a lot of more fear as you get older. Yeah. What about you, though? Any Anything to update us on since we didn't have that catch up at the beginning? Uh, Any- I don't think so. I'm going to Denmark next week for a conference. Which well, there you go. That's something. I'm really looking forward to. It should be really nice. Owen is emceeing at it. It's called One Day Out, which I guess by the time you listen to this, it's over. So hopefully it was a really good time. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that. It should be nice. And my family is coming over to visit soon. So I'm sort of mentally preparing for that. So that will be really, really fun. Yeah, that'll be good to see them. Yeah, super nice. Well, there we go. There's our um, whirlwind well, chicken. <laughs> yeah, chicken <laughs> after the episode instead. <laughs> so to end off, then, where can people go to find the rest of our episodes on the interwebs? You can go to designlife.fm. That's our website, and you'll find all seventy-eight episodes there. And we're always open to hearing from you what you would like us to discuss on the show. The show is a lot about you and what you're struggling with and how we can help you. So if there's something you'd like us to talk about, then you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Do you want to let people know where they can go on Twitter, Charlie? Why, yes. Yes, I do. You can go to at DesignLifeFM. That's our username on Twitter. We're always keen to hear your tweets. Uh, our direct messages are open as well if you'd prefer not to you know, tweet about it publicly feel free to send us a DM and we'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you follow, we always tweet out asking for questions for a show. So if there's anything you want to share on topics that we talk about, then you can be included. Cool. See you next week. Bye, fam. Bye. Bye.